0: morning, everybody. Welcome to Driving Theology. My name is Mike, and uh, this is a off-the-cuff podcast where, uh, kind of because I'm at the wheel, uh, I'm not allowed to access any um, uh, extor- er- external resources. Now, once in a while, I will, if I'm stopped or something, look, at, look up something on my phone, like a the meaning of a word or, you know, something like that, Uh, very rarely though, Uh, yeah, so I just, uh, you know, talk about uh, things uh, roughly uh, theological, Christological, philosophical um, on my way to work, it's about a 40 minute ride. Uh, It usually takes me a few minutes to get going. Um, Sometimes I feel like I get to a good place and sometimes I don't. Uh, Why do I do this? Well, the why is easy enough. Uh, I realize that people driving side by side together tend to have great conversations when they're on a long road trip. You know, as long as two people are willing to talk I think there's some interesting dynamic. There's an interesting dynamic that happens when two people are facing the same direction side by side for a long distance. And I've had some great conversations on road trips. And I thought, why not, you know, record while I'm driving? Uh, And so I've been involved with uh, evangelism and missions uh, for probably now over 20 years Uh, and of course I live in Japan so most of this would be in Japanese but very often it's it's two English-speaking Japanese people so I can do it in English I wouldn't be able to do this podcast in Japanese Uh, my vocabulary is just that limited Um, but yeah so I record this podcast to see you know what I thought about things at different times, so this is uh, going into my, I believe, seventh year, or close to it, of recording this podcast. And so I have, you know, some 250 or so recordings that, that mark that time and, and kind of <clears throat> define where I was theologically at the time uh, on certain issues now because this is so off the cuff a lot of the same issues do come up from time to time uh, I will there's definitely going to be themes uh, that that pulse throughout uh, the episodes uh, threads if you will that are things that are nearest and dearest to my heart uh, things that I care about the most um, and of course there's going to be you know uh, a cast of characters, people that are uh, closest to my life, and in, in and out, and you know uh, things like that. But the other thing is, I wanted to leave a a legacy for my daughters, you know, uh, and maybe my grandchildren. Who knows? Uh, if you know, I, I have no way to access what my grandfather thought, the kind of person that he was. Uh, you know, both, all of my grandfathers died. One, one died before I was born, uh, and then had a step grandfather uh, on my mom's side who died probably when I was 12 or 13. And then my other grandfather died when I was 12, 12, or 13. But he was sick for about all of my life, and so I don't really. He he never really. I never got to get into his head, if that makes any sense. I don't I don't have recordings of his voice. I don't have anything like that. So, you know, if, if I should, if I should be taken soon, um, sooner than they'd like. And, and if, and if they would want to, to hear my voice or to, to know, you know, what I think about different things, uh, there should be a library that they can access, um, and talk about, you know, or, or uh, access and, and, and just, uh, you know, kind of get into my head about certain things might be comforting I don't know I'm not sure I'm not sure how it would be for them it may it may not be good for them at all you know Uh, but there it is so I have probably uh, over a hundred hours well certainly over a hundred hours of recording Uh, and I guess sometime I'm gonna have to figure out how to Upload all that onto something physical—a physical disc, or you know, uh, you know, something, a CD, or whatever, just in case. Uh, but yeah, uh, but it's mostly for me. I I never expected that many people to to listen, and and I don't think that many people are listening. I I think over the seven years, uh, I have uh, over. Over 20,000 plays, but you know that uh, I have a feeling a lot of those plays were by bots. Uh, I don't, I don't necessarily think that that many people have listened to this, uh, which is fine. It's a weird format, right? It's, it's a very odd format. <clears throat> um, there's a lot of background noise. There's no editing. There's no beginning music. Although in some of the early episodes, I tried to do some of that. But I wanted this to be something that I could do uh, without fail fairly easily, so I've got it down to a system. So I have about a 40 minute drive on Wednesday mornings, that's when I record. Uh, Then I teach an hour and a half of classes. I come out of those classes, I get my computer, I connect it to the internet using my phone or I drive to 7-Eleven, use their Wi-Fi. And then I upload it right away. That's how I've gotten to do it now. And so, from the time I record it to the time it's uploaded uh, is within uh, m- uh, hours. Right now. Now, sometimes I, I may forget to do it. This is a, a recent thing. Uh, there have been times where I've recorded, you know, even up to six or seven episodes, and just couldn't be bothered to upload them because I get so tired and then I'd forget about it and get busy. So I found a time where I really can't go anywhere, that I really don't have much else to do. Uh, and that's working right now. <clears throat> All right, so for today, uh, the, the big thing that has happened to me uh, in the last 24 hours is that I have been put into Facebook jail. <laughs> I uh, commented on a post, and it was having to do with uh, Russia and Ukraine and the conflict they are currently in um, had to do with that, and and uh, I said something sarcastically to make a point. You know, I used I used some rhetoric and and hyperbole and and uh, you know exaggerated uh, something just to make a point, and I was trying to <clears throat> I was trying to uh, sarcastically support another guy's position that I disagreed with. I was sarcastically supporting his idea. And then I used hyperbole to to over-exaggerate what he was saying and, and take it to perhaps illogical conclusions. But, you know. Anyway, I used the word kill. Uh, and, and basically what he was saying was, his point was that uh, I think it was MSN. Is is um, MSN was? <clears throat> what's the word? Uh, MSN uh, had been reporting that Russian forces were targeting civilians, and that civilians were getting hurt. And this guy was making the point that well, a lot of those civilians are armed. He said those civilians are an armed militia. Therefore, they're not really civilians, which is a fair enough point. The problem is there are children being killed as well, right? There have been children killed, and I don't care if it's one uh, or a thousand. Uh, I, I don't think anybody, anybody, should be killed in war, uh, much less children who have no say, who have no power, uh, no right, uh, and are at are at no fault for this conflict kind of by definition, they're no no fault for this conflict, right? They should not be killed. So, that was my point. But what I said was, you know, he said, he said, they're they're not civilians. And I said, even the children? Yeah, kill them all. We don't need them. Uh, Putin's a great guy. He's doing such a great thing over there. He's, you know he he's a great example of human being. I bet I bet a lot of babies are going to be named after him this year, named Vladimir. Uh, and uh, what else did I say? I said uh, I said oh what did I say? The last point I made. Uh, all the babies are going to be you know be called Vladimir, and you know he should he should get the Nobel Peace Prize for his his work in the field of population control. And, of course, I was being sarcastic, right? I'm totally against everything I said. But that one post was taken out of the context of the greater conversation. And the guy I posted to could tell I was being sarcastic because he came back, you know, basically accusing me of being a bleeding heart, you know, which is probably true. Um, And the conversation was fine. It was, you know, we weren't yelling or cursing at each other, and it it was actually a you know a, a good conversation as they go now that one post yeah was a little bit emotional and charged uh, but you know a nuanced reading of the context would have revealed that I was actually against everything I wrote in that post but using rhetoric uh, and hyperbole and sarcasm I was trying to make a point and and I think I did make my point right I think it worked that's the other part but facebook the algorithm probably saw kill them all is my guess you know said the word kill uh and then said you know i go it goes against facebook uh, policies and and so yeah i've been put into facebook jail for 24 hours and and even up to a month for uh for other stuff uh, no, not it's for the same post, but there's different ways that they punish you. I guess something about your posts will not go to the front and blah blah blah. And anyway, I I felt like it was unwarranted because I was using rhetoric, right? I wasn't, I really wasn't trying to to say what I'm accused of saying. I was saying the opposite, but you know, it's 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 what you do. It's 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 how we write. It's the way that we argue using the written word, right? Well, I mean, let's be honest, we argue that way verbally as well. But it's all to make a point. And rhetoric, it's not like it's something new. Uh, And I'm just learning about all of the rhetoric that uh, the New Testament writers used uh, who were trained in the art of rhetoric, uh, which I believe uh, is something that the uh, Greeks uh, probably not created, but identified, right? Um, the use of of um, you know all these literary devices to to make your point, right? To make a point. Um, and my point has been consistent. I believe uh, in all my time on Facebook, I am against violence. I'm against killing for any reason, whether it's the death penalty. Or war, I believe there is no just war. I believe there is no just death. I believe that death, by its very nature, is unjust. Uh, and I have a lot, a lot of theological reasons for thinking that. Um, I, I, really, have bought into Jesus's words when he says, "You know, I have come that you may have life. Right? I have come to give you life." Now th- there are some things that Jesus has said that have been taken uh, as Jesus condoning violence. For for example, he says, "I have not come to bring you peace, but a sword." But I believe again, the word "sword" here is rhetoric, right? Jesus is using uh, colorful language to make a point, right? Uh, and and and. <laughs> Interestingly, interestingly enough, the point Jesus is making, I believe, if you could boil it all down, is that my sword is coming to separate you from violent people, not not to kill, right? My sword is coming to to divide, right, to, to divide you uh, from your violent self. To to allow people to realize that there's a way to be in the world and it has nothing to do with violence. Now, yes, he used the word sword, uh, but I believe it's a literary device. You know, any time uh, people come up, come in with a new idea, there is a kind of, of figurative, figurative's the wrong word, Uh non-literal violence, I guess is how I might say that. There's violence, but it's not necessarily physical violence that results in death, right? Uh, thoughts can be violent, right? Thoughts can be violent. Uh, anger is violence, right? It's a, it's a kind of violence. It's, it's an uncontrolled, uh, in, in some form or another, it's something, it's, it's, a, it's a feeling that takes over you. It's an emotion. That grips you, right? Violently. Uh, now you can act out physically and and play out that violence that's that's perhaps in your mind with your hands, right? That that's something that can happen. Um, but I guess what I'm trying to say is, Jesus was talking to a violent people. They responded to violent language, but he was trying to them, trying to get them to realize. And this is. This is how his entire life played out. That he wanted them to know that when you try to solve problems with violence, you're causing more problems than you're solving. And ultimately, Jesus' life was taken by this very violence. right? By the violence of men. uh, By the mob mentality. And, but he, he wasn't warning them that he was going to die as much as right i think he knew he was going to die but he was trying to warn them that their violence they're playing into the system they're they're believing in the idea that that they could solve their problems through violence was going to come back and bite them and bite them hard and historically we know that this happened in 8070. so what happened was uh, of course, in the time of Jesus, the Jews were occupied by uh, the Roman Empire, right? And they had renamed uh, what we call the Holy Land today, Palestine. That, that was the, the Roman name, uh, the, the Latin name uh, for what we uh, at that time probably would have known as Israel or Jerusalem or uh, Judea, right? All of these, all of these um, other words, and probably in Hebrew. But anyway, they renamed the area Palestine, uh, and so they were under Roman occupation. They were uh, basically servants of Rome, uh, forced servants. Um, Rome had conquered the area, uh, and Jews, being very proud people and 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 religious people. Uh, could see that Rome was was changing the way that they believed they were supposed to be, right? And, and getting in the way of, of what they perceived as their relationship with God. And so there were factions, uh, they called them zealots and, and probably other groups, who would rebel from time to time against Rome. And of course, Rome, the way that Rome dealt with rebellion was... Uh, shock and awe, right? They would they would come back with twice as much force and kill twice as many people, uh, and they would they would respond with violence. And so, in 870, uh, when Jerusalem was trying to uh, rebel violently against Rome, Rome came back and crushed Jerusalem. They sieged, they besieged the city, they destroyed it. Thousands upon thousands of men, women, and children were killed. And and they received more than they put out, right? Uh, They reacted violently. Rome came back with twice the amount of violence to punish them, right? Uh, That just seems like how empire works, right? For empire to keep its power and to keep its authority, that's what it must do. And so, you know, we see this today all around the world, you know, whether China is dealing with the group or, you know, Russia, Russia believes that Ukraine is part of Russia, I think. And so what's going on right now is basically uh, Russia um, trying to occupy Ukraine and Ukraine responding violently. And Russia is responding violence, violently to that violence, right? And it just becomes this uh, you know, heap of heap of bodies, right? The bodies are piling up as these two groups are trying to solve their problems using violence, and it just doesn't work. And that—that's, you know, theologically, theologically, I don't believe in a God who is violent, and I don't believe in a Christ who is violent, and I don't believe in a God who condones violence or commands violence, uh, or. Uh, participates in violence. Now, obviously, I I, I read uh, the Bible in a way um, that reflects my my paradigm or my perspective or my hermeneutic, right? So, if I believe God is not violent, and I believe He has never been violent, uh, not in the sense that we think of, right? Not in the punishing violence kind of way. I believe God is all about life and affirming life and giving life, um, then, you doing? <clears throat> uh, then, you know, I I also have a way to read the Bible that uh, reflects that. Right? There are certain things that I believe about the Bible that perhaps some people don't believe. For example, I don't believe it is inerrant. Or infallible in the evangelical sense. I believe Christ is inerrant. I believe that Christ is infallible. I believe that Christ is perfect. Uh, And I believe the Bible can point us to Christ. Uh, But I don't believe that the Bible is um, inerrant in the sense that every word is dictated by the mouth of God and recorded exactly as He said it, right? I think I think a more nuanced way of reading the Bible, and I, I know I've rehashed over all this. I won't go too far with it, but I think the Bible is better seen as a mirror, right? So whatever as we read the Bible, whatever we see is a reflection of who we are, right? And really, everything is like this. <laughs> Any book you read, right, uh, will kind of reflect your own values back to you you will read what you already believe okay you will see you will perceive what you believe to be true um, yeah so if if you believe the Bible is a, a perfect dictation of the exact words of God and a completely faithful recording of God's works in history. In other words, if you read the Bible flatly, as a flat document, which is literally 100% true, then you believe in a God who is violent, and, and you believe in the idea of sovereignty, that because God is sovereign, he can do what he wants, that anything he does is right. Not because it would be right if we did it, but because God is God, everything belongs to him. Uh, you know, the earth is his footstool. And so if you if you believe in that kind of God, you're going to read the Bible in a certain way, right? Um, but it's so untenable in so many ways. And basically, it makes God out to be a hypocrite. Uh, if you read the Bible flatly, then you think God says, I can commit genocide, I can kill. I can murder, I can destroy but you can't right, you can only do it if if I expressly command you to do it um and actually some people do believe that God has expressly commanded us to kill (laughs) believe it or not and anyway, so you know this idea that violence uh, is a legitimate way to solve problems uh just does not take into account the fact that once we have gotten into this cycle of violence that nothing has ever you know it's never let up the only time it lets up is when somebody stops the cycle and says hey i believe there's another way to solve problems i believe that violence is not the right way to do this let's try something else and so I th- I believe that that movement is does exist in the world. I think it's it's happening, you know, and, and we can see it in small ways and and sometimes bigger ways. Uh, some of the small ways would be, you know, parents who who decide to stop spanking their children but try trying other ways to deal with their children. Now, I'm not going to say uh, that a little spanking is bad, I I, I spanked my kids some, okay, uh, kids are an interesting case because, you know, sometimes we need to get their attention, there are things they do that's dangerous to themselves or others, uh, and in those situations, there may be a way that we get their attention that that could cause a little bit of pain, uh, but you know, obviously, it's not going to be fatal, <laughs> Uh, I don't know what I think about that is all I'm saying, right? Uh, I, I do believe, though, that knee-jerk, violent reactions by parents toward their kids uh, out of anger is not good. I'll say that. Uh, if you are reacting in an angry, violent way towards your kids... Uh, you need help, right? You need to take a breath, slow down, you know, focus on how much you love your kids and and, and begin to gain some control uh, uh, of, of your passionate side. Um, and I don't mean passion in a good way. <clears throat> I'll confess, I, I probably have done that. You know, um, I don't believe I've ever abused my kids per se, Uh, but you know, I I was a young father, I was 24, I believe I was 24 when my first child was born, Uh, and I wouldn't even call myself mature by a lot of (laughs) standards today, so you know, I'm 53 now, so when I was 24, I wouldn't say that I was, uh, that I was necessarily a good father, okay, so if my, uh, oldest daughter, Anna is listening to this, I apologize to you, uh, I hope I didn't scar you, <laughs> I, ho- I, I hope, uh, we're still good, um, and, uh, yeah, I think uh, young parents make mistakes. I don't know what to say about that. Maybe uh, we should have waited longer to have kids. Um, I'm sure there's truth in that. Uh, so yeah, um, this has been a long tangent basically on my, you know, um, my ideas of violence. Uh, But I do want to make one point. You know, I I talked about how in the the Facebook post that I was uh, suspended for, which should be off in a couple hours. uh, I... How can I say this? Um, I realized that I use rhetoric. And I'm I'm starting to learn about the rhetoric that was used uh, in the New Testament especially. So in the New Testament, a lot of the writers, and they wrote in Greek, as far as we can tell, right? The, the originals were all in Greek in the New Testament. Uh, they were trained in Greek, and they were probably trained in the art of rhetoric, the art of using words colorfully uh, to make your point, and the use of various literary devices uh, and, and what have you to make a point. Um, and I think we could also assume that there's some of this going on, of Jesus uh, in the Gospels as well and that maybe even Jesus used some rhetoric, right, in in what he uh, talked about Uh, now, of course what he said was recorded probably after the fact by whoever wrote the Gospels and so they may have you know, placed some of their rhetoric in there as well um But basically, uh, I think probably in the near future, I'm going to be rereading some of the difficult passages that I've found in Paul and whatnot and try to find uh, his use of rhetoric and then try to get closer to perhaps his, his uh, intended meaning, his original or originally intended meaning uh, to to start th- figuring things out because there are places in the New Testament also uh, that I think probably can be explained uh, sometimes at least with the fact that the writer was using rhetoric to make a point and sometimes it looks like he's making one point but he's actually making the opposite point which is exactly what happened to me on Facebook I did appeal by the way I, I went through the uh, the appeal process to the Facebook, uh, high Council or whatever it is, uh, which we'll see if they will, uh, entertain, um, entertain it all. Uh, the fact that I really meant the opposite of what I was saying and had they've, you know, actually put in the time to read the entire, uh, thread, the, the conversation, it would have borne that out, you know. But I will suggest to you that you do not use the words, kill them all. (laughs) Do not say that. Do not kill them all. Uh, I I, I would never advocate that in any case, right? Uh, Just the opposite. Uh, Yeah, so... Maybe you should look into the, the difficult passages that you've found in the, in the New Testament that don't seem to line up with who you know Christ to be. Uh, and perhaps uh, you'll find some rhetorical devices uh, there as well that will better explain uh, what Paul or Peter or James or John uh, or the others were actually trying to say. Uh, rhetoric, yeah is a, you know, I've known I've known rhetoric was something that politicians use for a long time, but I never thought uh, that it would be in the Bible. But, you know, the more more I believe that the Bible was written by imperfect human beings, uh, the more I realize that, why wouldn't they use rhetoric? This was a thing that was very common in their day, uh, something that had been developed, uh, and that they actually studied, right? They studied rhetoric. Um, yeah, and I want I want to become attuned to rhetoric when I hear it as well. You know, how can I um, know rhetoric when I'm hearing it? Maybe that's something I'll try to find a book on. I did finish a book this week uh, by Matthew McConaughey called Green Lights. Which was interesting. Kind of a folky biography uh, by this uh, Texan slash Louisianan actor. Um, It was interesting. I wonder how much uh, hyperbole he used in his... uh, crazy yarns that he spun, uh, in that book, I don't know, yeah, all right, well, I'm gonna let you guys go, I'm just about, um, where I'm supposed to be, whoa, we have a traffic jam, uh, it's like road construction, perhaps, go buddy, All right, yeah, thanks guys, bye-bye.